Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Weisscast. Uh, I am your host, Aaron Weiss, along with my co-host... Brian Stinson. That's I don't know right. why I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely I okay. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. We're back for a second week in a row. We were not kidding about uh, Weisscast Season 2. We are back with a vengeance, and we uh, are ready to get going with it. But first, before we... Uh, get into our articles and maybe even our our Google Assistant joke. Uh, I want to ask Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I've been fighting a bit of a bit of a cold for you know the past few days, um, but other than that, you know, life has been life has been pretty chill. What about yourself? How have you been? I'm I'm been I've been pretty well. Uh, the other day, I experienced some of the worst traffic I've ever seen in my life that wasn't on an interstate. Um, see, I, I, I take all city streets to work. I never have to get on the interstate, which is amazing. I love it. It's part of the thing I, re- I love about my commute. Um, but they've been doing a lot of like utility work recently. And my way to work it usually takes me 15, maybe 20 minutes, but the other day it took me 35 to get there. And then coming back in the evening, it took me an hour and I was livid. Um, I, I just was so frustrated. And then I was that, that added to it cause I'm in grad school and I knew I had to listen to some lectures, but I didn't realize that there were podcasts um and so i could have been listening to them in the car while i was stuck there but yeah i'm pretty good (laughs) (laughs) oh traffic Mm -hmm. but yeah it's uh it's been a pretty chill week i feel like the weeks are going by super quick now it just seems like yesterday that we were recording the first episode yeah yeah no i have like this week has it's typically for me, the beginning of the week seems like it kind of drags. And then all of a sudden Friday is here um, more and not even just that, but like where has 2019 gone? It's just, this has just been a very. It's gone the way of the dodo, honestly. It's just been a very forgettable like year, not even in the case of like, like nothing note of note has happened. <laughs> but, but like just in the case of it's just it's just completely flown by and we have very little time left in 2019 which will also mark the end of an entire decade yeah it will. where's yeah. this decade gone yeah i don't know uh, here's to the 20s here's to the 20s the 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 roaring 20s part two you think uh there will be um, abolition this time. <laughs> I 
don't feel like I should answer that. <laughs> Honestly, I have no response to that. Honest question. <laughs> okay, so from there, we're going to go to our, our joke. Um, so for those who may not know, I actually switched from uh, an Android phone over the summer to an iPhone. And so it's no longer the Google joke. It's the Siri joke. And uh, I am going to attempt to ask uh, Siri. Hey, Siri. Tell me a joke. Say, that's a nice ham you've got there. It'd be a shame if someone put an S in front of it and an E at the end. <laughs> okay. Wow, Siri. Jeez. That was so dumb. Man, that was a solid two out of ten. <laughs> it it really was. Um hey, if you just noticed an audio quality change, it's because I realized that all of my audio is going through my webcam at first, and now it's actually going through my blue snowball. So we should have better quality this episode. Um, glad I caught it early, you know? That sounded a whole lot better. Thank God. Because I was trying to rack my brain why my audio sounded so off last week. Um, I was like, I had the microphone, and uh, you sounded great. Uh, and yeah, I just... I happened to look at my settings and my audio was coming from my cheap $20 webcam. Yeah. So, all right. From there, we're going to go to around the web. We're get, we have some articles that we want to talk about. So uh, if Bryant, want, you want to get us started, I will do our little stupid intro. Time for some news. So for those of you who may or may not know, depending on how um, closely you tie yourself to um, the world of streaming, whether that be with Twitch or Mixer or YouTube or Facebook or any of the many uh, streaming platforms that are out there, there has been a major shakeup taking place in the world of streaming. Um, Ninja Blevins kind of led this, um, and by led this, I mean Microsoft, who owns Mixer, gave him a lot of money to leave Twitch. Ninja was one of Twitch's um, most popular streamers, and um, he was he he got he got an early start on PUBG and and things like that a couple years back, and has since moved to Fortnite and has become like a mainstay um, Fortnite streamer. And he has moved over to Mixer since um, and is exclusively streaming on Mixer now, which is a, uh, a bit of a blow to Twitch. And if, if that didn't just make things bad already, Mixer has also snapped up Shroud, who is probably one of the most talented first-person shooter like PC gamers that I have ever seen. Um, mm -hmm. He is he's brilliant when it comes to playing games like PUBG. He played professionally um, with <clears> the esports <throat> team Cloud Nine on Counter Strike and um, or CS:GO. Uh, and 
and he um, has since moved to Mixer as well. This happened a few weeks back, and I think that actually, I mean, that completely shook up so many of the um, of the current streamers that are on Twitch, and um, all of all of this is really interesting because Mixer is a good streaming platform. Yeah, um, Twitch is like the like the grandfather of streaming platforms, and so. Mixer will any any platform that wants to gain notoriety when do when it comes to streaming, they're going to need to kind of punch their way up. And when you're owned by Microsoft, and Microsoft is one of the most affluent companies in the world, you yeah. have money to blow. And so um the fact that they were able to to bring two of Twitch's most popular streamers um and take away two of Twitch's most um traffic channels off of that that are that are specifically and I want to I want to preface that are specifically with content creators and not something different not not like an esports thing or something like that but it's people who are content creators primarily mm -hmm. which make up the bedrock of what Twitch is um to be able to take two of Twitch's most popular content creators and to bring them over to Mixer is is really big and I, I was kind of thinking about how this is going to shake up streaming because for a lot of people, um, and I'm not sure how much um, you watch streaming, um, Aaron, because I was I was interested to see what you what you would think about this. What do you think about the if you are big in watching streams? What do you think about <clears> the climate <throat> that we're in right now when it comes to streaming and watching streamers? Well, we're going to have to bounce back and forth between different platforms to watch the people that we like. So. That's a that's a really interesting question, and I actually I don't watch a ton of streaming. I uh, like to support um, my friend Brex Live uh, every now and again, uh, watching his streams. He's pretty entertaining, but I I don't really watch any of the big guys like Ninja or Shroud um, or Courage. I don't I just don't um, I don't know why it never really interested me and if you think about it it's not really that much different than watching someone do a let's play like chugga conroy um it's just live as opposed to um pre-recorded um right. so yeah i i used to watch a lot of let's plays and honestly i think that's more my f more my cup of tea um, when it comes to watching streamers is someone who does more of a let's play style as opposed to them playing a game like Fortnite or PUBG or Apex or Call of Duty, whatever it is. Like, I, um, I, I did start watching a lot of Call of Duty videos way back in the day when like CNanners and Hutch were starting on, um, YouTube, um, but I've kind of lost interest in those over time. And, uh, but yeah, that's just a long way of saying, no, I don't really watch <laughs> streamers much anymore. Um, but as far as for the platform or for like, um, for the viewers, I, I think a little um, streamer uh, streaming war is kind of healthy, you know, like, Twitch was dominant for so long, they um, pretty much, like, were really close to a monopoly um, with all of the platform, like, with all the people that they had. Um, it, 
consoles make it really easy to stream on Twitch. Like it's easy to stream from PlayStation and Xbox. Um, you have to jump through a few more hoops to to stream from PC. Um, but Microsoft just had the resources uh, to create Mixer, and like it's now really a viable streaming. I would say that with the addition of Shroud and Ninja, they are very much they're they're much more close to Twitch now. That I'd say Twitch still has a little bit of an edge, but with those two very popular streamers, um, it, it brings them that much closer. Because I don't think I've really heard of anyone making it huge on Mixer yet. Um, I, I'm I'm interested to see that, and I think this is really an interesting move because I, I remember seeing this article. Uh, and thinking, you know, I I kind of took a stab at at streaming earlier this year and started on Mixer and people asked me why I was on Mixer and my thought process was, well, no one's really on Mixer, so I can just kind of have fun and if I make it if I make it I make it and if I don't I don't, that's fine. Um but I was eventually uh convinced to switch to Twitch and um kind of stopped streaming after a while just because i don't have the best internet and yeah i i think that this this is healthy um i don't think youtube live really has anyone huge yet or they just got one person they got one courage they just got courage um but i don't think that anyone's made it big because of youtube live yet people have made it big obviously just uploading videos to youtube um but Typically, the the gamers that I follow on YouTube will tweet or will post a video saying, "Hey, I'm about to start on Twitch. Go over to Twitch." Um, but and I think YouTube has finally caught wind of that, and they're trying to entice more of those big streamers to come over, like Courage. And Courage just happened to be the first one. Yeah, and I think that um, there's a lot of like, of course, when I when I first saw Ninja move over um, to Mixer, I I was like, okay, what about I had to look up kind of pros and cons between the two. Um, and Mixer is actually a really, really good streaming platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to community development for the streamer and, and, and a stream interaction, the latency on Mixer is actually significantly lower than it is on Twitch. It is. So when a comment comes into your chat on mixer it almost comes in in real time mm-hmm. where twitch there's a delay between what you see the streamer doing versus what they're actually doing and with mixer you're almost seeing the streamer do what they're actually doing on their end because mm-hmm. the latency is so low there's also there's also a thing where you can um and i don't even know the name of the currency off the top of my head but you you gain this currency by watching streams by streaming yourself and it's kind of like so they they essentially turn um, the streaming experience even as a viewer into kind of like a game, and you level up, and by leveling up, you gain certain amenities that you can then use, and then you mm-hmm. can you can take that you can take that currency and give it to streamers, and that will equal out to a certain dollar amount depending on how much you give them. So it's a really easy way for people to donate without breaking their own banks, um, which is something that Twitch struggles with. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people who want to donate to streamers and will donate to streamers, but sometimes they don't have um, the means to do so. That's not necessarily Twitch's fault. 
but um, Twitch did, didn't necessarily make it easy for people to feel like they can help out their favorite streamers. Whereas on Mixer, this is it's not a problem. You don't have to spend a dime to give to a a streamer in making money. Um, mm-hmm. You just have to watch their you just have to watch their streams or yeah. watch streams in general. Um, I, I saw a really interesting tweet the other day. I you know last week I talked about how. I've been playing a lot of PUBG lately on console. I'm still playing quite a bit of PUBG. And so naturally, I've, I watch a lot of... When I do watch streamers, I will watch them play PUBG. I watch people who play PUBG more often than not. And um, there is a European streamer. He, he, is, a, uh, he is a professional player and for uh, the PUBG esports team Ghost Gaming. His name is Drassel. And he sent out a really interesting tweet the other day in regards to all of the shakeups that have been happening on the platforms. Mm-hmm. And this is what he said. He said, so it's going to suck to have to bounce between Twitch, Mixer, and YouTube. I would also put Facebook in there because some people stream on Facebook as well um, to watch your favorite streamers. But they are being given insane opportunities. And then he spelled opportunities with dollar signs at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only reason they moved. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he said, this will be interesting to follow. But here's the really interesting bit. He said, this is a reminder to make sure that you are tied to your community and not your platform. Um, And there's some really interesting tidbits when it comes to Twitch. So if you stream enough on Twitch to the point where you become a Twitch partner, you, in, in Twitch's terms of service, you can only stream on Twitch. You cannot stream anywhere else. You can't use any third-party applications that will simultaneously simulcast your stream on Twitch and YouTube to Twitch and Facebook. You can't do any of that. If you do that, they will strip your partnership from you. And I think that other platforms other platforms don't have that strict e- exclusivity within their terms of service Mm -hmm. so there have been a lot of there's been a lot of movement away from twitch there is an entire PUBG esports team that no longer streams on twitch they stream on the chinese streaming service huya and huya allows them to simulcast to any platform they want including twitch so there there's So, like, Twitch, because they have had, they've almost, just like you said earlier, they've almost monopolized um, streaming up to this point. They've almost uh, put themselves in a corner to where they're they're almost too strict on their streamers of what they allowed them to do and not to do. Um, And it's really interesting to see some of the bigger people say, well, we have all of these things that are expected of us. And... We're also not making necessarily as much as we probably could be. So people will double up as streamers and content creators on YouTube, um, which basically just means that they just upload their Twitch VODs to YouTube and yep. people watch them. But um, it's really interesting to see now um, the movement that's away from Twitch. I think Twitch will survive this, but I think this would be a really good opportunity for um, people to kind of get in the game on Twitch now. Now, I mean, there's there's viewership that's up for grabs. You know, so it'll be really interesting to see kind of who rises to prominence with all of these streaming wars that are going on. Yeah, from there, let's let's go to the next article, uh, which um, this one 
this one's made a lot of people very uneasy and um rightfully so um so recently uh within the last few months um blizzard banned uh someone from for for using um hearthstone and what what were they streaming on were they streaming on twitch or something it had to have been twitch yeah if it's esports it's probably twitch yeah they they use their platform um uh, their game Hearthstone to make a statement for the Hong Kong protests, um, kind of like it, it was a political statement in support of the protesters. And um, Blizzard did not think that using their their game was um, good to do to make this statement, and so they banned um, this individual. Or streaming? Is it an individual or a team? I don't completely uh, know. They they ban they got they got banned from Hearthstone. Anyways, um, it was an it, individual. It was yes, one player. This individual got banned from Hearthstone, um, which is the Blizzard card game. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, and they they haven't been back since. Uh, a lot of people were outraged because there really was or really is continuing to be uh, not because it's not in the not because uh, what am I trying to say there there is continued un- injustice in Hong Kong just because we don't see it every day in our news doesn't mean it's not happening right. uh, and uh, see a lot of protests happening still there um, and recently Blizzard gave a real half-assed apology that wasn't even really an apology. Um, they had BlizzCon recently, and uh, I think it was the CEO of Blizzard was on stage, and he kind of just danced around the topic and didn't really address it, and that made people more... Oh, uh, two things came from that. One, it made people more mad to um people kind of just forgot that this whole thing happened because they saw shiny new uh overwatch 2 and diablo 4 and an update to world of warcraft and and all this stuff they saw all the stuff that was shiny and new from blizzard and they kind of just was like oh i forgive you blizzard whatever blah blah um but uh I think I'm more with the people on the other side. They're like, "Hey, that's not cool. You you didn't you addressed it, but you didn't say anything, and you're not letting him back on, which is just ridiculous." I know um, there is a time and place, probably for uh, political statements, and if this person only had that platform to make a political statement to get out there i think i think they were in the right i don't think that i mean it's not like they cheated or anything you know it's not like they um were i don't don't even know if you can make money betting on hearthstone it's not like they were doing that that's those are viable reasons to get banned not making a statement for your home um and wanting to get the word out i think 
Blizzard is... I, I wish I could say that I didn't support Blizzard monetarily, but then again, I kind of just bought Call of Duty, who is Activision slash Blizzard. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, really, it's really tough to hear, because um, I, re- I, I think that Blizzard, if they weren't entangled with Activision, they would probably reinstate them. At least I like to think that. Um, but I was wondering what y- your thoughts were on the whole situation. Yeah, you know, sounds a whole lot like Blizzard slash Activision is just trying to trying to tell the tell these this guy to shut up and play cards. To be honest, mm-hmm. at the same time, I understand. I understand Blizzard's willingness to protect themselves and to not get pulled into an incredibly volatile situation like what's going on between Hong Kong and China right now. Like mm-hmm. I I understand I understand them not wanting to get pulled into that. Um but you're not fooling anybody by saying, oh well we banned the individual, but it had nothing to do with the content of his message. Well then why did you ban him? Mm-hmm. It you can't, you know if you're going to get on stage and, and say the reason that we have banned him has nothing to do with what he actually said, then you're just banning people to ban people. You're banning somebody for taking an opportunity to stand up and say something, um, which I think is worse. If you're, well, don't get up and take this opportunity to say something, period. Like mm-hmm. the, con- the content's whatever. Just don't take this as an opportunity to get on a soapbox. We don't do soapboxes at Blizzard, right? We don't do mm-hmm. soapboxes, and 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 so. But I do understand because there's just so much going on um, in Hong Kong right now with the protesters, and there's just uh, it's just a very it's just a very messy and volatile situation, as I said earlier. But I also. Um, I'm I'm so I'm all for where we are right now, where where whether that's professional athletes or these are esports. These are esports gamers. They are more than they are more than just the the thing that they are best at. Like professional athletes, unless you're Antonio Brown, you <laughs> should probably go get some counseling. But like professional athletes who who use their platform to stand up for what is right. Mm-hmm. They are, they are more than just people who play football or basketball or baseball. They're more than just those. They're they're, they're more than just shooting a ball or throwing a ball or catching a ball or hitting a ball. They're human beings who live in the same world that we do. They just live in it in a different realm of control than the rest of us. And esports gamers, people watch them because they're fascinated by how good they are at what they do. But they're more than just Hearthstone players. They're more than just Counter-Strike players. They are people who are affected by the things that go on in in our world. And I think that it's completely unfair for anybody to expect these people to just stay in their lane and not ever talk about these things. Because everybody has a threshold of how much that they can take and how much they can see before it affects them and they need to release 
that tension that mm-hmm. builds up inside of them. And I feel like sometimes in instances like this, these big companies, these huge like conglomerates don't treat people as if they are actual as if they're actual people. They kind of see them as just robots as a, as a means to as a means to continue to promote our brand as a means to bring popularity and viewership to the content that we give to people. And in a sense, you're just using them to get the word out there. Um, and, and that just doesn't, that just doesn't work. You know, that, that really just doesn't work that much. So I don't know. I, I understand Blizzard's desire to kind of keep things confined, but if that's your home, and there is significant amounts of injustice and just a lot of difficulty that are going on. And, and even the article, did, I mean, the article has no clue to, the, to what extent um, this Hearthstone player is being affected by, by all of what's taking place, right? It has, you know, there's, I mean, he could know people who are actively protesting. Right. You know? and, and which ties him closer to what is going on than anybody at Blizzard could ever be. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, if you can give him an opportunity to speak, he's going to take that because he's more than just a Hearthstone player. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. It, it really is. Um, especially like we were saying, like or like you were saying, the Blizzard is not like, I mean, geography, yes, they are kind of close to Hong Kong, but, but like, um, as far as, like, emotionally invested and all that stuff, they are not by any means. And I doubt that they are um, financially invested or, like, anything, like, having to do with Hong Kong. I think um, they were kind of just banning to ban. Um, in, this pr- in this case, not all press is good press. Um, um, yeah, they just look really bad and they look like an evil corporation right now until, um, I, I doubt that this person would even necessarily want to come back, um, if invited, um, might have already moved on to another, um, e-card game. (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) like Gwent or something. I don't know. I mean, Um, Blizzard is one of the bad guys of, I mean, they're tied to Activision, but when people think about like. Like the bad companies of video games, they think about EA, Activision, and Blizzard. They think yeah. about they think about the, those three are like the main culprits of just people's angst when yeah. it comes to just video game nonsense. So, yeah, and it's annoying, but I, hopefully that this the story kind of continues developing, and we'll see some kind of happy resolution um, eventually. But you know, I think, I think there's all we can do is sit back and watch. And um, I don't know if asking people to, or I don't know if yeah, I was gonna say asking people to protest Blizzard. That that's not a thing because like it, you like games that you like. Like I mean, uh, a lot of people don't like. Um, Chick-fil-A stance on things, but they still eat their chicken. Like, um, you hear that, Popeyes? We yeah. still like Chick-fil-A. 
it's so true but popeyes is good too um it's true yeah so like a lot of companies just have terrible stances sometimes but you just i mean you like their products and you do and you try to protest them for a little bit but then you end up going back anyways um i think that is as good as transition as any to disney plus speaking of not liking companies um (laughs) bad guys yeah, they really are the ultimate bad guys. Um, Bryant, you and I are actually about to be on a family plan for Disney Plus, um, along with my brother and Caleb Peeler, um, and we're pretty excited about it. Um, we both have a list of things that are coming to Disney Plus at launch, and I think I, this list is huge. So this is going to be really difficult. I think we should each pick, I was going to say five, but it might have to be three. Three works. We'll, we'll pick the three biggest things. And I know what we're, I know you and I are both excited about one thing in particular, so we can both share that one thing, but then um, we can pick three others besides that each. Um, So if you want to start, we'll, we'll end with the thing that we're both excited about. Okay, All right. so for so for me, I think I think one of the things that I am most excited about. So Disney Plus has a lot of original content coming, right? Um, I think all of which will be exciting when it shows up. Um, the 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 two big things that I am excited about right now. Um, they aren't necessarily individual things. I'm I'm actually really excited to be able to watch a lot of the older animated movies that Disney have produced that I've actually never seen. There are right. a lot of Disney movies that I've that I've never seen. Um, like I've never seen so things like so things like Peter Pan, Snow White. I've never seen those. Snow White and Seven Doors. I've actually never seen those before. Hmm. Um. I got into like when it came to Disney, I got I got involved in watching Disney stuff, watching their like their original movies on the Disney Channel mm-hmm. a lot a lot earlier before I started watching a lot of their older um, kind of animated movies. My family loves the older animated movies, but I've never really gotten opportunity to watch those. So I'm really excited to watch those. I mean, in addition, in addition to that, I'm really excited to get an opportunity to see more of the Disney Channel original movies, like for nostalgia purposes that I grew up on really liking. Mm-hmm. Um, things, things like Johnny Tsunami and Brink and things like that. Like, I'm really excited to, to be able to kind of watch, watch both of those again. Yeah, I, I'm also really excited about a lot of the older stuff that... Has kind of been lost to time before now. I mean, uh, Disney's kind of notorious for doing short run DVD releases and then putting them in their vault. I'm putting vault in air quotes. It's just, a, it's actually an ingenious marketing uh, thing to just kind of build hype, sell a, a lot of things, and then take it off the market um, for a little bit because. They know that if it's if it stayed on the market, they would have to continue producing it and spend a lot more money as opposed to doing a limited like three month run, taking it off the market for a year or two and then putting it back on the market in like a different package. Um, 
so a lot of these things we haven't seen uh like in walmarts and best buys in a really long time like you were saying all of the disney channel original movies we haven't really seen i'm particularly excited about a movie called jumping ship um (laughs) oh jumping ship (laughs) it's it's so dumb but it's so good um I feel like that's how you can explain most Disney Channel original movies. They're yeah. so dumb, but they're so good. Um, Smart House, I'm excited about. Um, oh, I forgot about Smart Guy. That's a, just an original series. Yeah. Um, All the Maori kids. Yes. And um, I'm just, I'm really excited for all these things to be in one place. Um, I think the old thing that I'm, I might be most excited about is uh let's see if it's is shows like timon and pumbaa um tailspin uh chippendale the rescue rangers like i loved those shows as a kid and um they just haven't been anywhere in a really long time i I haven't seen those shows in over 15 years you know and i just I, i grew up on them um and so i'm really excited to see uh these back in one place Man, I but I think the real reason <laughs> that both of us are so excited about Disney, mm-hmm. about Disney Plus, has to be the Star Wars content. Oh, yeah. Specifically, The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Oh, my goodness. I, <clears throat> I am so, I'm so excited about, about The Mandalorian. I love everything that I've seen about The Mandalorian so far. I am I've just been blown away by, I mean, I love, I mean, Star Wars in general, for me, I love the concept of what Star Wars is, but I also love the way that the concept plays itself out in its art style. Yes. The the world is futuristic, but it's very lived in and grimy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that people, some people had a lot of criticisms for, you know, the prequels, episodes one, two, and three, because they felt like a lot of that, um, kind of lived in and practical, the, like the lived in and practical aspects of the art of Star Wars was kind of lost to CGI to a degree. Um, not totally. There's still practical, there's still practical things and a, a mix of the practical and the CGI that take place in the prequels. But for the most part, it's not, it's not as lived in and um, it does have that lived in look and feel. But The Mandalorian, I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of the trailers or the looks or things like that. I mean, any of the pictures, but I, it just looks absolutely fantastic. And yep. and Bill Burr's in it. I love Bill Burr. <laughs> Watching Bill Burr do a little pistol. He's got a little pistol on his back. I'm I'm excited. I, I'm I just <laughs> I, I don't even I can't even form sentences. I'm I, I'm so excited about about the Mandalorian. I'm really excited too. Uh, The way I've heard about this is like, from from what I've seen and what I've heard, it's like this show is as big of a budget as it gets for a TV show. It literally looks like a Star Wars movie um, in as as terms of quality, Um, and and you don't really see that in many TV shows outside of uh, like Game of Thrones had that quality. you, you can't really say that Breaking Bad did because there wasn't that much to in, to put in terms of, like, just quality, 
graphics and stuff. Um, like, as far as, like, high production, this is as big budget as it gets. Um, and I think that it's going to be incredible. I was a little skeptical at first whenever it was initially announced. Um mainly because I wasn't sure how they were going to do a live-action Star Wars TV show and keep it to the same standard as their movies, visually speaking. Um, I think that this has potential to be um, one of, if not the best stories to come from Star Wars since Disney acquired it uh, way back when. Uh, what was it, like six years ago? I think that's right, six years. Yeah, Um like, it seems like every other Star Wars, like, I think you and I can both agree that the one-off Star Wars movies, um, Solo and Rogue One, have been their better things. Like, um, just, they're more consistent than the movies, I think. Um, they all look visually great, yeah. just for whatever reason, in the mainline Star Wars movies, um, the the story isn't consistent. And I think that's because they changed directors. Um, it looked like they were going one way with the force awakens and then they completely took it a different direction, uh, with the last Jedi for seemingly no reason. Um, I, I'm in the, I'm in the, I like the last Jedi camp. I like the direction of the last Jedi, but yes, I can understand. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, it, it, it has, it has kind of laid the slate clean for Rise of Skywalker in mm-hmm. December, which I think is a good thing. You don't want all of your movies to have the same tropes. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I just kind of err on the more don't like it as much as Force Awakens, but I like I love Rogue One. I love Solo. Um, so that's what different about Solo. I really like Rogue One. Solo was kind of I don't so I don't think any of them are bad. Mm-hmm. I know some people are like Force Awakens good, Solo bad, Rogue One good, Last Jedi awful. Like mm-hmm. I think all of them are good, um, but I but I personally just who I am I try to look for the positives in in things because I yeah. think it's, it's more fun to I think it's more fun to like things than to dislike things. Mm-hmm. So. But I do understand the criticism. I do understand the criticism and things. But yeah, I think I think their solo stuff has been more consistent mm-hmm. than and, than their series. And that, and that's all I'm trying to say. Um, I I really think that that's why the Mandalorian has so much potential uh, to be great. Is like it's completely original as opposed to trying to continue from a story that already existed. Yeah. Um, that and I think that's when Disney has shined most. Yeah, with I their agree. Star Wars stuff. Um, and yeah, like you said, Bill Burr dual wielding pistols. Uh, that little pistol on his back. <laughs> homeboy's a little bounty hunter and all himself. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see. I is it? It's weekly release, right? Yeah. So that's the other thing about Disney <clears throat> Plus. That Disney Plus is going to be like Netflix in that they are going in that they are producing the entirety of a series together, but they are unlike Netflix. And that they will only release episodes on a weekly basis. So mm-hmm. if you want to watch all of a Mandalorian on November 12th, you can't. You can yeah. only watch episode one. <clears throat> you have so you can only watch episode one. I don't even know how many episodes are in season one. I think it's 10. Is it just 10? Okay. I think. I could be wrong. Um, 
but yeah, I think the, I think I, I like this model. Um, I don't remember when you and I were talking about it. It might have been last week, or I don't even know if it was you and I. Um, but <clears throat> we were talking about weekly releases versus binging, and uh, the weekly releases give you something to talk about every week. That's why like Game of Thrones was so popular. Um, and like TV shows before were like really cool. It was like water cooler. It was just instant water cooler talk. You didn't have to worry about being ahead or behind um, uh, necessarily. If you if you kept up with a show just once a week, just gave that show an hour every week, um, you could go to work and be like, oh my gosh, did you see last night's episode? Yep. Like it's crazy. Like it's so good. Or as opposed to with what Netflix has brought in the last few years, like, are you done with season three yet? Oh my gosh. It's so good. Like I watched it all over the weekend. I spent, you know, 12 hours this weekend, just watching the whole show. Cause I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. I had to give my kid a bath. Yeah. I had to mow the lawn, but no, I watched the show the whole weekend. And honestly, I'm guilty of binging a complete show. Um, Same. Or, Not or proud complete. Of it. Complete Same. season. Um, I did it with BoJack Horseman whenever it came out a couple weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I like this. Hulu's been doing this for a while uh, with Handmaid's Tale and other shows. Um, and, of course, Hulu is Disney. Wah, wah, wah. Um, sorry, sorry, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just don't... I don't see this being a bad thing. I think people are going to be kind of initially annoyed, but then they're going to be like, oh, this is what it's like having time not watching TV again. Like, this is what it was like before Netflix started streaming. <laughs> it also prevents people from, so from a so from a financial standpoint on Disney's end, it also prevents people from getting Disney Plus Binging all of the Mandalorian because that's all they want to see, and then canceling Disney Plus. Yeah. Until they come out with season two. Yeah. You have to. You have to at least be in it. Mm -hmm. If it's ten episodes, you have to at least be in it for two months to yep. see all of it. So that's two. So that's two months worth of money coming mm -hmm. into the old piggy bank. Of, uh, I guess the mousy bank. I don't know what Disney would call it. <laughs> it's uh, Scrooge McDuck's bank. Scrooge McDuck's bank. Wait, does he even need any more money? No, but I, neither does Disney. So that 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 is true. Mm -hmm. Like Netflix, I think Netflix has so many so many problems with with like <clears throat> releasing everything at once. People will just get it, they'll binge it, and then they'll just cancel Netflix. Like I'm just getting it to watch this. I'm just getting it to watch Umbrella Academy, and I'm gonna binge Umbrella Academy, and then I'm gonna cancel Netflix. And then when season two comes out, I will then get Netflix again, and then binge season two, and then you know, cancel it again. With mm -hmm. Disney Plus, they're preventing that from from being the case. So, smart. Wicked smart. Yeah, so um, I think this talk about Disney Plus and being excited about it is a pretty good natural transition into our uh, weekly monologues, just like things that have been interesting us this week, um, whether it's TV shows, video games, movies, comics, sports. Uh, a different article that we not, might not have mentioned earlier, uh, whatever, uh, tech. Um, so if you want to get us started, by all means, sir, 
And if you don't, I can do it. Yeah, I can. All right. Can we talk about the BCS rankings? (laughs) I'm sorry, the college football? Yeah, the college football playoff rankings. Because BCS doesn't exist anymore. That's true. You're right. I don't know why I said BCS. It's football playoff rankings. (laughs) I'm pissed off. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Ohio State is ranked number one. <laughs> and I, I'm pissed off because Ohio State's ranked number one. And because Clemson is not even in the top four. They're the national champions. So? Seeming undefeated. Who undefeated. have they played? That doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, it does. Who have Ohio State <laughs> played? All right. They've beat two top 25 teams soundly. That in the past, that in previous seasons has gotten Ohio State literally nothing. Yeah, except th- almost there. They they should not go from they should not go from like being the only person by themselves during the slow dance for multiple years to getting to getting up to number one. I don't think that they deserve to be number one over LSU or Alabama right now. Given w- given given what LSU and Al- Alabama may be because Alabama has not played a whole lot of people yet. LSU played Florida when they were in the top five. I would agree with the LSU thing, and that's hard for me to say as an Ohio State fan. Um, but here, here, here's my spiel. Um, I think the reason that they gave Ohio State number one over LSU is because LSU does not have that signature win Yet, and it could be. Well, it could be the case. It could be the case. They could beat be a top five team <laughs> by a touchdown. Oh, they beat them. It's a it's a top five team. You can't expect them to blow them out by one touchdown. Ohio State, when they were not ranked in the top five, or I think they might have been number five, they beat a team that was number thirteen by four touchdowns. They did and do th- that. Yeah, that is a signature win. The only reason LSU is not ranked higher above them is because they did not beat a team by more than a touchdown that they were supposed to beat. They beat Auburn by a field goal. They or a touchdown. They beat Florida by a touchdown. Um, I think if LSU wins this, is it, it's this weekend, right? This, this weekend. This is the biggest LSU Alabama game in history. If LSU wins this weekend, by no doubt will they be number one. Um, after the weekend, because Ohio, Ohio State is playing Maryland, and they're probably going to blow up Maryland, even with this whole Chase Young crap that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, and the game's at Alabama, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, there's no way LSU's going to win. Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it will be a great game. It's going to be yeah. a great game. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be close, but I don't think LSU is going to have have the ability to be Alabama. On the road. Um, my my coworker and I were talking, um, and and pretty much everyone that I've talked to agrees that there is likely. Oh my gosh! Why could I hear myself right now? <laughs> I I mean, you're not coming through double. Anyways, there is likely not going to be any undefeated teams in the top four at the end of the year. And if there are, the most likely candidate to be will be Ohio State, I think. Um, Who does Ohio State? Do they have to play Penn State? Yes. They have to play Penn State and Michigan before the season's over. Exactly. 
Um, and both of those games are definitely going to be, you know, three to seven point games. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, um, like they're not going to be a high margin of victory, I don't think. Unless Ohio State beats Michigan by 30 again like they did last year, which is so freaking – I can't talk about it. <laughs> um, I think uh, if I'm, – I'm trying to think what has to happen. If Alabama beats LSU, but then they have the poten- they always have the potential to lose to Auburn – then LSU will will represent the West in the SEC championship. I think Georgia has the potential to beat LSU, um, especially because they just like the their victory was way bigger than seven points last week. Like it should have been way farther ahead than seven points over Florida, um, and yeah. whereas LSU kind of struggled a little bit against Florida. Um, I think that there was going to be no undefeated teams. Like, honestly, I could see either Penn State or Michigan beating Ohio State by, like, a field goal, Um, especially with all this Chase Young stuff happening. Um, It's it's distracting. And the only reason it's happening right now is because apparently he was offered a cheeseburger. Real stupid stuff. Um, <laughs> especially after this whole thing the other day of when the the entire NCAA got, they gathered at Emory University, um, all the bigwigs, and talked about pay for play and passed it. And. Wow. It, it passed, but it's not in effect till like 2023. So like this, this shouldn't even be a thing. It's just a big distraction. He's I mean, out. Like, for, he's out like, for the Maryland game, but whatever. <clears throat> I mean, like credit to Ohio State because I think the Ohio State over the past few seasons they have they have shown the the capabilities of them to they've shown their capabilities and like they've put their they put their credentials out there for them to be a playoff team, mm-hmm. you know. And I know that there have been some instances where they haven't made it, and I think that they they just haven't made it because I think that they have there's been too much. Um, I think the idea of a notable win in the eyes of the panel that makes these decisions has been like only teams within the top 10. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're trying to, maybe they're extending that now to like, well, if you beat a ranked team soundly, period, that's a big deal. Opposed mm-hmm. to Ohio State has been doing that for seasons, but they, you know, they've been doing that for seasons, but they, but because they would beat a team that's say like 13th or 14th or 17th or something like that. They wouldn't. They they would be like, oh well. I mean, it's a seventeenth ranked team. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. that's unconsequential compared to teams in the top ten. And I think that they, when you continue along that vein, and you continue to allow teams like the Notre Dame's in who just get squashed, you know, because they don't play anybody of note. Maybe they'll play like one ranked team, you know, things like that. You know. I think you want to try to find a way to balance out the field. I will say that, obviously, I'm a Michigan fan. I love Michigan, and I don't like the fact that Ohio State is ranked number one. That's the main reason I'm upset. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm just, I'm just salty, and I can, I can admit that. However, the fact that there are two, the fact that there are two um, Big Ten teams in the top four right now is amazing. Mm-hmm. So 
because like <clears throat> previously, Big Ten teams could only hope to be to maybe sneak into the fourth spot. Right. Well, I mean, that's multiple teams trying to sneak into that last position. But you have one at one and one at four right now, and the two SEC teams are sandwiched in between them. So, like, I love the fact that, and and then Clemson is still Clemson's still in the running. Georgia has an SEC championship game to play. They just got to make sure they do the business come the end of the season. They mm-hmm. got to make sure they get past Auburn, get past Georgia Tech, and get into the SEC championship unscathed. From you know They've already lost once, but if they can get to the SEC championship game unscathed and win that game, they're right back in it. You know, yep. so there, There's a lot of twists and turns still to come. Um, so I'm pleased with kind of the balance that we're seeing um, with, with the rankings right now. I just wish Ohio State wasn't number one. And Michigan's not going to beat them either. Michigan hasn't beat them in like eight years. <laughs> so, so that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, just all right, real quick on the top four. It kind of shows the two best divisions in all of NCAA football right now. I think yep. that the Big Ten East and the SEC West are the two best divisions in all of football right now. They both have two representatives each. Um, okay. They have very viable um third options i think um i think michigan state has just hit a lot of unlucky stuff this year um with injuries and stuff like that i think that they could be a pretty viable option um for the top 25 if they did not hit all this stuff and usually um i i don't know what the deal oh actually i know exactly what the deal with auburn is right now um they are very much in the most difficult division. They have to play LSU and Alabama every year, and they have to play Georgia every year because they, uh, the rivalry, you know? And so, like, every year they are guaranteed at least, I'll just say minimum, three top 15 games. Yeah. Let's just say that they're all going to be in the top 15. Um, And depending on the year, those could be three wins or like one and two or two and one or three losses, whatever. Like it could, it, and I think Auburn and Michigan are very comparable in, in that um, they both look very good, but they're just in very tough divisions um, and have other really good um, teams that they have to play every year. Um, and I think like you were saying that it's amazing that the top four is just essentially two divisions from two different conferences. I personally, as a fan of football, putting football above conference, I wish that there was a, a team representing each of the power five in the top five. But I know that's not a thing that, that I know that's not how it works. Um, yeah. I, I wish it's how it works, but it's not. Um, but I really would like to see more play between the Big Ten East and the SEC West, the two best divisions in all of football. I agree. I agree. Because, all right, I already said Michigan and Auburn are very comparable. I think Penn State and LSU are kind of comparable, and I think Ohio State and Alabama are kind of comparable. Um, I, I think that those would be three incredible games, and if they the college football playoff ever wanted to go to a top six, I think um, 
that those would be incredible matchups. Granted, it kind of directly contradicts whatever I just said about seeing all of the power five. Um, but this is my fantasy, not yours. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enough about enough about the playoffs. That okay. This irked me. What about what what's 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 been on your mind lately? Um. <clears throat> so I began to touch on this a little bit last week, but it's it's been really true. Luigi's Mansion Three has gotten me back into games. It's pulled it's pulled me from the grave, um, kind of metaphorically speaking. I really. I have times of my life when I'm super into games and when I'm not very much into games. And before Luigi's Mansion 3, I was not very much into games. But since then, I've been playing a lot of that. Um, I went back and played some PUBG um, after our conversation last week. Yes, Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that. I actually played one or two rounds of Apex, and I like the new map there. Um... But I've been playing a lot more Battlefield. Um, I, put, I played a little bit of Call of Duty. Um, and I actually want to mention something about Call of Duty real quick. Um, I was playing with uh, Jacob and Justin the other day. And we had this really weird... Um, we had this really weird party issue. Where I was the party leader. And we were playing on their equivalent of Conquest. I don't remember what it's called. Um, and we played one game fine. The Ground War? Yes, we're Ground War. We were playing Ground War. We played one game fine. And then for whatever reason, I got into the next game, but they weren't in my party with me. And so that kind of annoyed us, and we stopped playing um, Call of Duty and just switched to Battlefield. Um, and so I, I, I want to know, have you had any party issues with Call of Duty? Um, have you played in parties much? Um, yeah. I have played in parties, but I haven't had any party issues. I wonder if that is a ground war problem. Because all of the I, I have yet to play ground war, and the reason I haven't played ground war yet is because I've just heard bad things about it. It's it's not super fun. Um, it's it's kind of trying. It, well, not kind of. It is trying to be um, battlefield, and I think that the high pace nature of call of duty doesn't translate well to that game mode so i think from now on we'll probably just play gun game or um you know some classic um deathmatch or whatever i i really like um search and destroy um or capture the flag those those are more suited for call of duty gameplay whereas battlefield um is really more suited to uh Conquest and games yep. like Conquest. Um, yeah, so I, I said I've been playing PUBG and I have some thoughts. Um, here are my thoughts. In PUBG, I love all, all of the updates almost. I love how good graphically it looks now. I love how it runs. Um, but um, I'm not sure, and maybe you can answer this. Um, I, I can't change the map, and is it because of my rank? Do you get to change your map when you rank up? No. So, Puffy <clears throat> has been experimenting with match making queue times. They're, they're basically trying to find a way to get queue times comparable for third-person perspective and first-person perspective. Okay. So, at one point, um, they had... They had an instance where there was a featured map, depending on the certain update, they would the featured map would be one of um, 
Erangel, Sanak, Miramar, or Vikendi, mm-hmm. depending on where they were. And um, and so they put they put the feature map alone, and then the rest in a in a queue together. They've since taken the feature map option out, um, and in addition to the feature map option, they also had a quick join option. So all of the maps would be put in a queue, and whichever match you could get into the fastest, um, they they would just put you on a map. Didn't matter which one it was. Um, so they had. So you think about the di- all of the different types of cues they had for third-person perspective and first-person pers- perspective together. There were a total of six different matchmaking cues, mm-hmm. and you have the entire pool of players that are all currently logged on the PUBG searching in six different cues at one time. So naturally, matchmaking times would take longer depending on what you're looking for. So what PUBG decided to do was to eliminate the quick join option and to eliminate the feature map option and just put every map together in a queue. Okay. And so you you pick your game type, whether it's solo, duo, squad, whatever number of squad you go with, and you just match make. And it puts you on a map. And so you can't choose what map you want to play on now. You're at you're you're at the mercy of PUBG choosing for you, which kind of harkens back to the early days before they came out with feature maps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do know that I do know that's kind of frustrating because some people prefer some maps to others, and sometimes you can get locked into playing Miramar all the time or playing Vikendi all the time, right? And sometimes people just want variety. Um, but I do, but and while while they are still trying to figure out what's the best direction to go with with matchmaking, I give a whole lot of credit to PUBG for continuing to try to improve the quality of the game for the people who are playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since I think since you've played, I don't know if you've noticed, but even in the title screen, they've been bought out by craft union game by craft union company, mm-hmm. which has given them more, more ability to do things. They've hired community managers for all platforms for PC and console and those community managers' jobs is to find out what the community thinks, what they like, what they dislike, and to try to find ways to relay that information back to the devs so that they can try to implement those things into the game. And so I so right now the current season is Miramar is Miramar focused. So there is a lot of there's a lot of Miramar related things that are that are in game. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see some differences um, when it comes to matchmaking, because ultimately all PUBG wants is for people to be able to play games quickly, because that's the point of a battle royale. You mm-hmm. don't want to, so you don't want to sit in between games. You want to play a game, and then when, you, and then when you're when you're out, you're out. And you want to get back into the next one. Um, so we'll we'll kind of see how things go from there. But I hope that hasn't been super frustrating for you, though. All right, here's here's the only thing that has been frustrating, and it's not... I did not have any problems with Q when I was on cross-platform. Um, I, I was getting into games super quick, you know, within a minute or so, and when I turned off cross-platform, um, I was having ridiculous wait times to the point where I didn't even want to play anymore. Um, and I think... It's just it. 
it's not fun because like either instance like i guess you're getting better if you're playing people that are on different platforms um you're like only playing people on playstation that's it really yeah so it's just xbox they would never do pc they would never do pc between it's just xbox and playstation but the playstation but the playstation community is only about 15 percent of the matchmaking of PUBG at the moment the playstation community has not taken <clears> to <throat> PUBG as much yet okay so, so when you so when it's cross platform, it's just so basically if you look in the if you would look in the feed, if you have the graphic feed on, um, it will have an Xbox symbol next to the people who are playing on Xbox and a in an in a controller symbol next to the people who are PlayStation players. And those are the only people that you're playing against. It's all console. Okay. That that helps because I thought we were playing against uh PC people. Um and I guess can can you use mouse and keyboard on xbox now for PUBG? no okay well you probably can <clears throat> you probably can use it um and there's probably not gonna be anything done to you about it but like you're not supposed to <laughs> okay well good i'm gonna i'm gonna turn back on cross-platform because uh i don't know i think it, I think I was just more rusty than I thought. I thought I was getting wrecked because I was getting killed by PC people, but I'm just, like, more rusty than I thought. Um, I think that is as good a time as any to go to our last segment because we are way over this time. We are way over time. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's not. It's our our thing. We do it for us, not for the listeners. Um, (laughs) Let's just do a quick... 20 questions. Let's see if I can get it really quick. Uh, do you have a thing in mind that I can guess? I, I do. I've been thinking about this all week. What's What's the category? <laughs> category is a movie. Mm-hmm. All it's right. Well, right in your wheelhouse. So let's see how this goes. All right. Uh, was this movie released uh, after January 1st, 2010? No. Was this movie released after January 1st, 2000? Yes. All right. So it's a movie in the aughts. Um, is this an animated film? No. Is this a action film? No. Comedy? Yes. Okay. Was this movie released before January 1st, 2005? Yes. Okay. Uh, does this movie have a... Um, white male lead. No. Interesting. Um, is this a stoner stoner comedy? No. That's question eight, by the way. Yeah, I'm. I'm also keeping track. Okay. Cool. cool. Um, does this movie um have a black male lead? No. Does this movie have a female lead? Yes. Comedy movie from between 2000 and 2005 that has a female lead. Mm -hmm. Um, I give you a hint at 15. Right. Does this movie star Anna Faris? No. Wow. Um... Does 
Does this movie star Reese Witherspoon? Nope. Is the lead actress blonde? No. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> stop stop guessing blonde actresses then. <laughs> yeah. Um Is there a romantic subplot to this movie? There is. Okay. I think it's 15, right? That's 14. 14, okay. Got one more. Um Does this movie take place in a major city? Yes. Terrible question, but I just needed to get the the hint. (laughs) All right. The hint. The hint is this movie has a very notable cameo. Oh, my God. Um... And when I say notable, I mean the individual. Right. You know, you know who this is. Is this cameo Bill Murray? No. Um, Are you just going to try to nail the cameo now? <laughs> you got four tries. I know. Well, three and a guess. <laughs> three and a guess. Yeah, three and a guess. Um... Would you classify this movie as a rom-com? I would. Okay. Is this also a holiday movie? No. It's not love, actually. It's not love, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it also doesn't necessarily have a lead. Um, it's just weird like that. Um, is the main character depicted in... Like younger, like between late twenties, early thirties. No. Jason is the main character in that age range. Yeah. No. Probably older than if it's a rom com. Is it? I don't understand why the character is <laughs> younger. I have to guess the movie. Um, I have no idea. I don't even know rom-coms from... Is it 13 going on 30? It is not. It is not. What is it? You ready? Yeah. From 2002, the British romantic comedy sports film, Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, my gosh. The lead is Indian. (laughs) Yep. With a notable cameo from David Beckham. Also, Keira Knightley's in this film. 
Yep. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about it. She's 18 in the film. So your guess of between 20 and 30 was just too high. Yep. If you would have like, I, I feel like I could have given you like a, if I would have said, if I would have said it's a, it's a sports film, I, you probably would have gotten it. Or if I would have said the film was British, you probably would have gotten it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that makes me sad. So, okay. From there, I guess we got to go to the outro. Um, I lost, so I guess I owe Bryant a Frosty. Um, yep. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, we are one and one. So we'll keep tally as the season goes on. Uh, you know what? Right here, right now, um, we need to have an odd number of episodes so there can be a clear-cut winner okay. of the of the 20 questions, and there needs to be a grand prize. Should that grand prize be like buy each other Chick-fil-A or something like that, like like a whole meal? I think we can do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, I am looking forward to eating Chick-fil-A on your dime coming the <laughs> end of the season. Um, <clears throat> Not if you guess like you did today. All right. Hey, yeah. I had to get you back for James and the Giant Peach. That's true. I was never going to get that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, I just, all right. Yeah, I was really stuck on the rom-com part. Um, from there, I'm I'm Aaron Weiss, your host. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Weiss, at the Weiss is right, if I can say my handle correctly you can also find us on weisscast.com or patreon.com slash weisscast um we have recorded a little bit of pre-show today and i think we're going to start uploading to patreon so if you patreon users um if you want to see what it's like behind the scenes a little bit um you can give just a dollar just a dollar a month gets you this pre-show stuff that we know you crave um bryant where can the listeners find you on social medias find me on twitter at bryant stinson b-r-y-a-n-t-s-t-i-n-s-o-n and find me on instagram at bk stinson 08 that is all we have for you this week folks i'm not completely sorry that this episode's over an hour and a half um but we will send you out with outro music as usual. Um, this is the Legend of Zelda Trap Remix by Deceived. Find them on Spotify. And from there, we are out. Stay classy. Stay classy.